Lord Jesus, good morning. Thank you for Friday as uh, a beautiful morning. I'm watching the sunrise again. Thank you for this gift you've given us of this day. And Lord, we just ask for your kingdom to come today and that we would be, uh, that you would use us, that we would be uh, sensitive to your prompting today and that we would be a great, uh, that we would love you, worship you today, Lord, and uh, be a great example and loving of those that we come in contact with today. I thank you for Mary Ann, for her getting up early again and leading us this morning. I ask you to bless her and her marriage and her relationship with her kids. And I just ask you to bless her and uh, that she would feel your presence this morning, Lord, and that, again, that you would speak through her to us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Mary Ann Stewart from Cary, North, Cary, North Carolina, right? Yes. Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome, tribe. I have really enjoyed hearing what the Lord's put on your heart to share with the group, and I just praise the Lord for each and every one of you. It's a rich blessing to be on the call with you today. Um, we will be discussing the answers to five questions today about the Bible, my favorite book, and then wrap up with a victorious conclusion. Awesome. Question number one, are there some lost books named in the Bible that are not in the Bible? Hmm. Yes, there are. For example, the Chronicles of Shemia, the prophet, is named in Second Chronicles 12, 15. Acts of Solomon is named in 1 Kings eleven forty one. Chronicles of King David is named in 1 Chronicles 27, 24. Chronicles of Samuel the Seer is named in 1 Chronicles 29, 29. And the letter from Laodicea is named in Colossians 4, 16. Question number two. What is the Apocrypha? Hmm. The term Apocrypha refers to additional books and parts of books which were not in the Hebrew Bible, mm. but found their way into the Greek Old Testament called the Septuagint, then into the Old Latin version, which was translated from the Septuagint. Jerome made the Old Latin Vulgate translated from the original Hebrew. Jerome retained these additional books in his translation, the Latin Vulgate, but added prefaces at various points to emphasize that they were not true parts of the Bible, and he called them the name Apocrypha. Hmm. The 16th century Protestant translators did not consider those writings part of the Old Testament, but gathered them in a separate section to which they gave Jerome's name, Apocrypha. They held to the understanding of the Old Testament canon held by Jesus, the New Testament authors, and the first century Jews. Jerome and Origen were two of the most distinguished students of Judaism among the fathers. Origen, a century and a half earlier stated that the Jews had applied this name, Apocrypha, to the most esteemed by Christians of 
the non-canonical books. Jerome did not confine the name to Jewish books, but used it also for non-canonical Christian books, such as the Shepherd of Hermas. Question number three, is there agreement that all the apocryphal books should not be canon in the Christian world? No, there is not. Durocanical means second canon. Durocanical books are books and passages considered by the Catholic Church and Eastern Christianity, the Eastern Orthodox Church, the Oriental Orthodox Churches, and the Assyrian Church of the East to be canonical books of the Bible, but which are not considered canonical by Protestant denominations. The term is used in contrast to the proto-canonical books, which are contained in the Hebrew Bible. Most of these books were declared to be scripture by the Roman Catholic Church at the Council of Trent, 1545 to 1563, though the Protestant Church rejects any divine authority attached to them. These books date from the period 300 BC to AD 100, approximately, and were written during the 400-year period between the completion of the Old Testament writings and the beginning of the New Testament events. While the New Testament never quotes from or ascribes canonical authority to these books, some say there is a correspondence of thought, while others see texts from these books being paraphrased, referred, or alluded to many times in the New Testament, particularly in the Pauline epistles, depending in large measure on what is counted as a reference. In the Catholic Bible, there are seven of these books that include Baruch, Judas, 1 and 2 Maccabees, Sirach, Tobit, and Wisdom. There are also additions to Esther and Daniel. For example, Daniel has chapter 13 called Susanna's Virtue and chapter 14 called Bell and the Dragon. Among Christians, these books are still disputed for their authenticity and authority as biblical canon. Hmm. These writings were not found in the Hebrew Old Testament. Question number four, what is the reasoning for making some of the Apocrypha books canon? Josh McDowell provides a high-level comparison for both sides of the debate concerning the deuterocanonical books. The first pro-canon defense is that the writers of the New Testament quote mostly from the Septuagint, which contains the Apocrypha. The against canon response is that the New Testament writers may allude to the Apocrypha, but they never quote it in the Holy Scripture as being Holy Scripture or declare the books to be inspired. The second pro-canon offense is that some church fathers, notably Irenaeus, Tertullian, and Clement of Alexandria, used the books in public worship and accepted them as scripture, as did the Syriac church in the fourth century. The against canon response is that there were also church fathers, such as Origen, Jerome, and others, that denied their alleged inspiration. The third pro-canon defense is that St. Augustine, who presided over the councils of Hippo and Carthage, concurred with the decision that these books, the Apocrypha, were inspired. The Greek church also believes likewise. 
The against canon response is that the early Augustine did acknowledge these books, at least in part. But later, Augustine's writings clearly reflected a rejection of these books as outside the canon and inferior to the Hebrew scriptures. The Jewish community also rejected these writings. At the Jewish Council of Geminia, AD 90, nine of the books of our Old Testament canon were debated for differing reasons whether they were to be included. Eventually, they ruled that only the Hebrew Old Testament books of the present Protestant canon were canonical. The fourth procranon defense is the Dead Sea Scroll findings. Among the fragments at Qumran are copies of some of these books written in Hebrew. These have been discovered along with other Old Testament works. The against canon defense is that citing the presence of these books among the Old Testament fragments does not prove inspiration, as numerous fragments of other non-scriptural documents were also found. Question number five. What are examples of content issues in these books? In 2 Maccabees 12, 42 through 46, it says, the noble Judas warned the soldiers to keep themselves free from sin, for they had seen with their own eyes what had happened because of the sin of those who had fallen. He then took up a collection among all the soldiers, amounting to 2,000 silver drachmas, which he sent to Jerusalem to provide for an expiatory, which means atonement, for sin sacrifice. In doing this, he, Judas, acted in a very excellent and noble way, inasmuch as he had the resurrection of the dead in view. For if he were not expecting the fallen to rise again, he would have been useless and foolish to pray for them in death. But if he did this with a view to the splendid reward that awaits those who had gone to rest in godliness, it was holy and pious thought. Thus, he, Judas, made atonement for the dead that they might be freed from the sin. In regards to the statement that Judas prayed for the dead, Hebrews 9.27 clearly states, and just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. In regards to the statement Judas made atonement for the dead, in 1 John 2.2, it boldly proclaims, he, Jesus, is a propitiation for our sins, and not only for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Mm-hmm. In Tobit, chapter 12, verse 9, it states, For almsgiving saves one from death and expiates, atones, every sin. In regards to the statement, almsgiving expiates every sin, Ephesians 1 states, In him. Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the Mm. forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Mm. The Apocrypha must be read with discretion, though much in it reflects Judaism as practiced at a date somewhat later than the Old Testament, and some parts reflect developments in the direction of the New Testament. There are also certain misleading passages that have historical interest but in terms of Christian theology and practice, 
are to be avoided. Victorious conclusion. It is truly nothing short of a divine miracle by our almighty God that we have the written word of God, the Bible, apart from the Apocrypha disagreement. It is beyond amazing how the Holy Spirit worked agreement in the minds of many holy men what books would be available to be confirmed as biblical canon, inspired by the very mind of our great Lord God's Spirit. Mm. We have before our eyes, every time we open the scriptures, the revelation planned and the revelation purposed for mm. us to see, hear, ponder, learn, know, and obey, mm. that we may be one with our Lord Jesus Christ, our beloved Savior. Mm. So good. That's good. I'm looking at Rufus's name on there, and I know he's got a big smile on his face right now, Marianne. The, 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 the word that is coming to mind right now um, is reverence of the word. And I've been encouraged recently by some friends um, to consider that, that the word, as you have taken us through um, the divine um, impact of the word of God. It is, it is, it's overwhelming quite candidly. That's powerful. It's a powerful reminder. I'm going to have to listen to this a few times because you used a bunch of words that I'm hearing for the first time also. So it's good stuff. And Mary. a lot of that, that's just, um, gathered from several sources. So yeah. it's, um, copied. So I don't want anybody to think that I wrote that's Yeah, that's a gathering. And that was a interesting yeah. gathering. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. Powerful reverence, reverence for the word. That is, that is, that's beautiful. It's good stuff. Lot to, lot to ponder today, Marianne. Lot to ponder. And the Lord doesn't want us to be shaken yeah. in our understanding of the word. So if we hear of lost books, he doesn't want us to be shaken. Every book he wanted revealed has been revealed mm -hmm. and put in canon. That's great. That's really good. All right, Marianne, sensitive to time, we pray us into the rest of our Friday, please. Yes. Father, I praise you for every brother and sister yeah. that's on this call. I thank you for every member of PSD. And Lord, I just pray today that mm -hmm. you would fill us, Lord, with a renewed hunger. Mm -hmm. and thirst for the Holy Scriptures, yeah. the very mind of God, that we might have that mind within us, Lord, and bring you great glory mm -hmm. in our lives, filled with peace mm -hmm. and joy in this incredible salvation that you've given each one of us. Mm -hmm. I thank you, Father, for this time, and may you bless and guide each one today, Lord, into victory through your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well done. Love you, Marianne. Good job. Love you guys. Have a great weekend.